It's the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. John Rawl joined by Jerry Short right now as we begin a whole new week of the Y'all Southern Show. This is a little tease. Jerry's going to be back on with us in the next hour with his Taco Polo story time. But hello, Jerry. Good to see you. Hey, John. Man, it's glad to be here. I'm glad to be on remote with you. It's kind of a kind of a new thing for me. Well, there's a reason that Jerry's joining us today. His wife has left the building. She's left the country for a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, a passage in her family, and she's had to go to the Philippines, where she's from, and that's our sort of our topic of discussion with Jerry today. It's a scary time to travel anywhere in the country, but what if you have to travel to Asia as she is right now? Mm. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but you know, just to hit the high spots. Uh, when she left the airport in Memphis, going to uh, Atlanta and then Seoul, South Korea. And for a connecting flight connecting to the Philippines. flight where she had a layover yeah. there in Seoul. And then she goes to Manila. And then she's got a long layover in Manila. Of course, Manila's only had four cases, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then she's going on down to Elu City. So uh, her brother had passed, and so she's going no matter what, even though she was recommended by some uh, officials that she should probably wouldn't go if they was her, but... Like I said, we'll talk about all that, and I just anybody out there listening, just uh, pray for her because uh, you know it's a serious situation. Some of the area that she'll be going through will be uh, really serious parts of the country right now, as we're hoping this doesn't turn into a pandemic. But uh, yeah. you never know. Again, Jerry will be on back with us in hour two with his normal southern storytelling the Takapola storyteller here on the y'all show this is the program that's all about the south we cover 16 states each monday through friday on great radio stations across the southland also we're available in podcast form find us in apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the tune in apps as well as at y'all.com our number 803-816-1170 that's the number you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter whether you're right here in the south or in southern Philippines. You're welcome to call that number. And that's a number you can call or text, 803-816-1170. That would be Dixie, Philippines? Yeah, the Dixie, the Dixie portion of the, of the, the Philippines. Kind of like Utah. They have a Dixie. Section. Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. On today's Y'all Show, we've got a little business report coming up later this hour. We also have at the start of hour two, in addition to Jerry Short being on in hour two, we're going to look back at the weekend in sports, college basketball. Also, we'll give you the latest on XFL football as they had week four of that new startup league. We'll give you the latest on that and a little golf update as the Honda Classic was held in Florida over the weekend, and we'll let you know who prevailed there in that golf tournament on the show that covers all kinds of things, including sports and storytelling and a little politics as well. Remember, we had the South Carolina primary on Saturday evening, and on Tuesday, you got Super Tuesday across the southeast with states like Arkansas, Tennessee, you have Alabama, North Carolina, Virginia, and Texas all having big primaries on Tuesday, Super Tuesday. And before we get to you in hour two, Joe Biden, the big winner on Saturday in South Carolina, A lot of people not surprised by Biden winning that primary in South Carolina. His, his, I mean, not only did he win, he thumped everybody. He doubled him just about, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. He did. And had, I think, nearly 50% to Bernie Sanders, around 20%. So that's given Joe Biden a little bit of a renewed surge heading into Super Tuesday. The problem with Biden's campaign is it may be a little bit too much too late. And a little bit too too little money. Yeah, too late. They hoping this will, you know, 
give him a little kickstart on uh, on getting some money donations. So we'll have a lot of political talk coming on Tuesday, but we we'll have more on this in our next segment as we walk through the headlines from across the southeast. We're already seeing as a result of what happened in the Palmetto State Saturday at least one candidate, maybe more, are already bailing out of the Democratic race for president because, well, this guy had the money. He just doesn't see a path forward as almost all of them really don't have a – Two or three percent won't get you there, will it? No, it, it won't do that. But uh, President Trump, of course, doing his thing with his rally on – speaking of Charleston in South Carolina, he was there on Friday evening at North Charleston at the Coliseum there in North Charleston, South Carolina – and a big rally, thousands and thousands of people on hand and stirring up the masses on the eve of the South Carolina primary. And so we'll have a little bit more on political stuff coming up here. But, again, a lot of people focusing in on this coronavirus outbreak around the country. More and more cases have popped up. I think we're still pretty good here in this part of the world. I think the last map I saw, I didn't see any cases here in the south. None in the south is Illinois was as close as yeah. you could get to where we're sitting right now. Yeah, so that's good news, but unfortunately it is in other places. We're just hoping for the absolute best. How do y'all in Takapola get ready for outbreaks like this? Were you around for the Spanish influence well, outbreak know, the, of 1918? We, we're a little bit ahead of the game in Takapola because, uh, you know, we have uh, milked cows forever, <laughs> and then when we uh, – pour that old dirty milk over in that uh, can we've got a cover a filter and so we just put that filter on our face ah. and so we got a milk filter on uh, again jerry short our tacopola storyteller who always has his unique tacopola spin on the headlines across the southeast by the way before before i forget I, I should have been a little bit more southern when you started talking today how you doing jerry you doing good how's your mom and them well, y'all's doing pretty good over there, I think. And, uh, you know, we, we still getting them peas and them flowers and them things left over. And the smokehouse is still full. Old ham hanging up over there. Got some honey. We're good to go. Okay. Good to go. We can, we can ride this thing out. All right. Well, that's good. That's good to know. Again, Jerry's going to be back on with us in hour two as we'll have his Takapola story time, talking about his wife heading to the Philippines for a couple of weeks and how the coronavirus is impacting that. We hope all of you do your best. I, I do know that I don't think here, – here's some people are criticizing our administration for not being prepared for this thing. Well, how are you going to get prepared for something that just got created a couple uh, of months ago? You, you can't prepare for it. That, I, I had hepatitis as a youth, and uh, I didn't prepare for it. I didn't know I was going to get it. Yeah. But I was quarantined for four to six months. And what do you do? Yeah. Well, I know one thing that would have helped, although I've been told by some people this doesn't really help like you would think it would, those masks mm -hmm. that people wear. And I, I found out, okay, well, let's say we wanted to get a couple million masks in this country. Where are most of those masks made? Yeah, they're made in Japan. I mean, Japan and, <laughs> and, and China. Uh, China. And they already turned a ship around. Did they really? Yeah, a ship oh, was loaded with masks. I didn't Coming know that. to the United States. <laughs> They turned it around and sent it back to uh, okay. sent it back to China. There is one mask manufacturer here in the states. states. I think I it think might be even right. out of San Antonio, and mm -hmm. they can't possibly. They can't keep up. You know, a lot of people are trying these unique things, and uh, there's a few things that I've seen that people are using and putting over their face. But uh, we'll talk about that. We're going maskless, by the way, in case yeah, you aren't uh, able to see us right yeah. now. We're maskless today. I mean, you know, people put gauze, anything they can come up with on an airplane. Yeah. 
unfortunately, just like the flu, if you get coronavirus, you're likely to be okay unless you're in two major categories. One, you're elderly with a lot of health problems. Right. And you're a small child. And that's pretty much the case with the common flu. Right, which and kills 50,000, give or take. One year, I think we lost 60. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you just never know. And uh, like I said, people are coming up with their own uh, way of trying to protect yourself. And uh, we can talk about all that uh, all day. But we, if it hits you, it hits you. Yeah, and so it, the best thing, the best thing we can really do is to – certainly try to do better wash hands but also talk about it let's not pretend it's not happening and a little prayer wouldn't help or hurt That's right either. well my wife took those sanitary uh hand cleaners with her and she took i think she had nine masks that uh she got from the hospital in the town next to taco polo oh. that she took with her so she's got a few things if she runs into a real bad situation well, we wish her the best. Again, Jerry's going to be back around with us in hour two to talk about his wife's trip here this couple of weeks to the Philippines to see her family after her brother has passed away, unfortunately, at a rather young age. We'll discuss that and more. Have a lot of fun, as we always do with Jerry. All that in hour two. Y'all show at y'all.com is our email address. Welcome that email. If you have a question or comment for Jerry or anything else in your life, we welcome that kind of feedback here anytime on the All Southern program. When we come back after the break, we're going to dive into the headlines across the Southeast. There's more than just politics and the coronavirus going on in this part of the world. We'll discuss that. Don't forget, as we wrap up this hour, we got a quick look at some Southern business items as we've got the latest on some business news. Business took a big hit the last couple of days with this coronavirus. Wall Street really took a a beating, and we'll discuss that impact here on the region when the Y'all Show continues after this timeout. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Keeps coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? 
then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Back into the show that's all about the South as we start not only a new week today, we start a new month. Happy March to all y'all. All right, scanning the headlines across the southeast, as we kind of referenced in our opening segment with Jerry Short. Yes, Saturday was a big day for former Vice President Joe Biden as he got a big victory, winning 61% of the votes cast by non-white voters in the South Carolina primary Saturday. And that ended up being enough to not only take the victory in the Palmetto State, but he knocked out Tom Steyer and Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg rather, getting out of the race as Biden with a huge day, nearly 50 percent or right around 50 percent of all voters in South Carolina on the Democratic primary choosing the former vice president. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders got about 14 percent of the black vote. Steyer got 15% after spending millions and millions and millions of dollars in South Carolina for months, if not for years there in that state. And now we move to Super Tuesday on Tuesday with all the elections going on in places like Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, also in the state of North Carolina and Virginia, as well as Texas. A lot of people voting. I think it's 14 states all voting, including California on Super Tuesday on Tuesday. So that's what's going on. As I said, Tom Steyer and Pete Buttigieg both dropping out of the presidential campaign. Steyer, after he put a whole bunch of money of his own money into the campaign, I don't have the exact amount, but it was tens of millions of dollars, specifically in South Carolina, but also in the other other early states that he was campaigning in. Pete Buttigieg didn't have the war chest, therefore he just couldn't quite survive and go. I'm a little surprised he's dropping out on the eve of Super Tuesday. I assume he realizes the path for him as a moderate or so-called moderate now that Joe Biden is kind of carving that lane out makes it extremely tough. I I still think it's Bernie Sanders to lose. That's what a lot of the so-called pundits are saying. And we'll find out how well Joe Biden does on Super Tuesday as a state like Alabama. You could probably assume he might win that state. I don't think Joe Biden has Tennessee in the bag. I think Bernie Sanders could emerge victorious in Tennessee. I'm sure that Bernie's is going to win California and Texas, which are the most important states anyway, on Super Tuesday. But this race will know a lot more within the next 48 hours of who's going to be left, if anybody, as we wake up on Wednesday and find out what happened on Super Tuesday. Now, Joe Biden, he's now moving on from South Carolina campaigning, just like all the other surviving candidates campaigning across the southeast and biden was in selma alabama as they're marking the 55th anniversary 
of that march in 1965 where police beat up black protesters marching across the edmund pettus bridge there in the black belt of alabama and a lot of the presidential contenders were there in alabama on sunday again this marks the 55th anniversary of what's called bloody sunday although technically i think it was march 7th or 8th 1965 when the actual event happened i'm a little surprised this event is happening this weekend as opposed to next weekend but you know what i think i know why it's happening this weekend because just like a lot of things politics has a way of creeping into everything and something tells me that alabama because they have their super tuesday event on tuesday that they know that they could get a lot of these candidates into alabama to support this although technically next weekend is more appropriate for celebrating bloody sunday in selma alabama and i know you had not only mayor pete Buttigieg there joe biden also in selma elizabeth warren made her way to that state and of course you can't have a march in selma without having civil rights figures and al sharpton made his way to the black belt of alabama to march across the what is it the alabama river i think that flows through selma a very historic town there and also you had mike bloomberg made his way he received a actually a lukewarm reception during a 10-minute talk as he spoke at a church there and a lot of people were silent as the billionaire came in to alabama to weigh in on his effort to win the democratic nomination for president and that's another name on tuesday you got to be on the lookout for bloomberg more than anyone has spent more money in the south at least trying to get the super tuesday vote which is the first time he's officially on the ballot we'll find out what going is going on there john lewis the georgia congressman who was a part of the woolworth demonstrations in nashville some of the earliest demonstrations in the south when he was a student at fisk university in nashville he also was beaten in the bloody sunday fracas of 1965 and he made an appearance a surprise appearance as he's battling right now pancreatic cancer and an amazing thing that he was able to go south and participate in this event on sunday now more info about this event one other figure that made his way to selma jesse jackson and i got to give jesse jackson credit the south carolina native is currently battling parkinson's disease he's had a real hard time with it but he actually showed up in his native state of south carolina this last week and he was at an event i know at the state house on the grounds there that an event that had nothing to do with politics he was there honoring the military and a, a nice day, a nice event there in South Carolina's capital city of Columbia last week. And now he's moseyed his way on over through Georgia. Over the weekend, he was interviewed by CBS 46 out of Atlanta. And the interviewer there was asking him if he was heading to Selma for Bloody Sunday. And he also, of course, weighs in on other things. Let's go here from civil rights icon Jesse Jackson, a former presidential candidate and a South Carolina native as he spoke about what's going on with his world and specifically what's going on with the political world right now. Here's Jesse Jackson. Ever since 1965, uh, African-American voting strength in the South is affecting the culture in a very positive way. In South Carolina, there are 50,000 50, blacks in the books in 1960, now a million. And these numbers are rising up in the South. So we're affecting the South athletically. We've got many teams from that South. The politics, uh, what's good to blacks is good to everybody. We want liberal wages, we want affordable health care, we want uh, pill grants for our children, we want education for all children. So I'm excited about the, the new spirit of voting that's going to have such a profound impact upon the country. That 
What's your what role will you play in today's? Will you do anything uh, as far as ceremony? Well, speaking brown sample, but also go across the bridge one more time. But of course, the 1965 Act was protected by the federal government. As a friend of 13, the Shell Act decapitated the 65 Voting Rights Act. So we've been voting now, but the impact of gerrymandering and annexation is such an impact. For example, we won the election in 2016 by 3 million votes and lost. Uh, we won the, the Virginia 2017 and lost 200,000 votes and lost the flip of a coin. 2018, we won by 9 million votes and lost the Senate seat. So that the impact now of voting is, but beyond voting, gerrymandering and annexation at large role for these schemes WikiLeaks, the TrickyLeaks is a big deal too. TrickyLeaks. Get the Congressman John Lewis. Have you spoken to him? Will he told, be there? Told him just yesterday. He won't be there today. He'll be there next week. Had a good talk with John uh, yesterday and today. I'll see him later on tomorrow. But we, our prayers are after John. John means so much to all of us. We thank God for his living, for his life, for his sacrifice. He means so much to all of us. Jesse Jackson, as he spoke with CBS 46 out of Atlanta's evening anchor Sean Gables as they caught up with him as he was passing through Atlanta on his way to Selma, Alabama this past weekend. And a, a really great job there by CBS 46 and Sean Gables for catching up with Mr. Jackson as he heads to Alabama. And good to see him back in the South as he is, of course, a Chicago resident now, but a native Southerner and found his way in for the weekend here. Now, more information coming from across the southeast. Tulane University in New Orleans has removed the Victory Bell there on campus after learning it has ties to slavery. This bell was rung to celebrate Tulane victories on the basketball court and on the football field. Also, Tulane students would rub it for good luck, but officials recently found out that the Victory Bell, it had to go to storage after learning of its history as an instrument of slavery. Now, I need to know more about this as a guy who loves loves history according to the times picayune newspaper this victory bell there at tulane was cast in 1825 and donated by richard leach a former governor of louisiana and a tulane law school graduate which by the way in the old days tulane was called the university of louisiana and officially today tulane is called tulane university of louisiana and also, this man resigned from office, Leach, that is, and served time in federal prison. Hey, that's a common thing for Louisiana for corruption after before being pardoned by Harry Truman. The bell arrived on Tulane's campus back in 1960 and stood in front of the Fogelman Arena. There it stood for decades and was rung for those victories. I don't still don't see the connection to slavery at this point. Perhaps slaves made it. I'm not sure. I guess the Times Picayune article, I don't have the whole whole story in front of me, but it's been a part of the Tulane campus, similar to at the University of Georgia. They also have a victory bell they ring there. But unfortunately for Tulane fans, one of your few traditions, and I'm only picking on you, Tulane, because you don't have that many traditions that are commonplace. Hullabaloo, yes, know about that, and roll wave, but a victory bell, which victories at Tulane University aren't that commonplace. And right now, Tulane, the administration there, has removed the victory bell because it supposedly has slavery ties. I'm sure we'll find out more of that. I'd love to see that thing in, in some capacity. Maybe even it's not the actual victory bell that comes back. Some kind of bell. That's a great little tradition there for Tulane. Love to see something to promote the greenies. 
Now, this is what we call in the business the old boomerang effect. <laughs> a man in South Haven, Mississippi, has been arrested and charged with insurance fraud and evidence tampering. All this comes after he reported racist graffiti had been spray-painted on two of his vehicles. 35-year-old Trumaine Foster has been arrested by South Haven police and is in jail over the weekend. I know he was there at the DeSoto County Jail in hernando mississippi according to officials and uh, outlets there in the south haven area mr foster called police in this suburb of memphis back on february 4th saying he awoke to find his vehicles had been vandalized both a pickup truck and a car had racist slurs painted on them and police they stopped short on friday of explicitly saying that man is responsible for the graffiti a woman at his home friday afternoon ignored questions before driving off in the car that had been spray painted that graffiti, by the way, has been removed, but it looks like he's been arrested on fraud charge. It, and it appears that Trumaine Foster was the culprit here of painting this racist graffiti on his own car as part of an insurance scam. And also to stir up a little a little bit of the uh, natives there in South Haven, Mississippi. And hopefully if he did do this, he's going to pay the price for it. Now, we're now into the month of March. Congratulations. We're into the third month of the year, and we hope that in most of the South, March is not quite as wet and soggy as February was. So just how wet was the month of February? Is it in the top five of all times for some of our southern states for rainfall? Well, believe it or not, just looking at AL.com's recent article called So Just How Wet Was February in the Top Five for Some in Alabama, as Author Lee Morgan has a story out, and at least Tuscaloosa had a whopping 15.49 inches of rain in the month of February, and that goes past the old record set back in 1961 of 14.79, almost a whole inch more of rain this year, as opposed to the other record from 1961. Aniston had almost 12 inches of rain in February. That's the second wettest February on record for that town there in East Alabama. The Dothan area had 11 inches of rain, and that puts it at number two on the record for the month of February for rainfall. How about the big city of Birmingham? 13.26 inches of rain last month, and that was the third wettest month in the history of Birmingham in North Alabama. Madison County and Huntsville had just about 10.42 inches of rain, the fourth all-time for that city. And then if you go to South Alabama, Mobile, with five, only five inches of rain in February, Record for February in Mobile is almost 12 inches of rain, and that was a couple of years back. By the way, the goes back, uh, let's see, the record for 11.89 inches in Mobile is way back in 1842. So it's good to know they were keeping the old inches and, and the recording going way back 20 years before the Civil War in Mobile, Alabama. So this was not the wettest of times in, in at least South Alabama, but North Alabama, Central Alabama, it was certainly quite soggy. And I don't have a record for Montgomery. That's one area that this report does not have. But we're hoping for the rest of the South that the weather is going to hopefully get a little bit drier. The unfortunate news for alabama is you're going to have some rainfall here in this first part of month uh, of, the, of the month of march according to the weather service as we got a wet week ahead with up to six inches of rain possible for parts of alabama through thursday and chances are you're likely to see some of this rain in states like mississippi and georgia 
In fact, that central swath, if you took a central swath of Alabama and extended into Mississippi and into Georgia, you're going to see rainfall again from four to six inches this week across Montgomery, Birmingham, and then going into Georgia south of Atlanta, and then in Mississippi from Jackson and working its way toward Hattiesburg, going to have a pretty good wet week, wet week ahead. Now, most of you probably enjoyed a couple of hours, at least, of sunshine this past weekend, and that was a very welcome sight. Now, if you have that sunshine in your planner and you're ready to get out and see more sunshine and you're ready to go to the beach, don't forget, we got to tell you about all you spring breakers. If you're heading to Panama City, the... the uh, uh, They've kind of chosen kind of like the Meghan Markles of the world to they've chosen to leave their royalty as Panama City doesn't want to be the spring break capital of the South, at least anymore. They they want to they want to stay out of all the bad headlines as spring breakers for generations have gone there and tore the place up for a while. And sadly, a lot of people have gone there and died while they were having fun on spring break through the years as Panama City trying to clean up things. And they're wanting to let everybody know, Spring Breakers, if you're heading to Panama City, you can't drink any kind of alcohol in March on the beach in this town in Florida as it's trying to curb rowdy parties that happen there. And yes, this is a month-long ban, and it also goes along with a 2 a.m. deadline about alcohol anywhere within city limits of Panama City. Yeah, a 2 a.m. deadline to buy alcohol. As Panama City's police chief, Drew Whitman, says zero tolerance policies originally enacted in 2015, they've helped the city transition from a national spring break hotspot to a more family-friendly destination all year long. By enforcing the ban, which includes extra officers on the beach with also extra all-terrain vehicles, you have seen a big difference there, according to this chief of police, Drew Whitman, in Panama City. Violators can be fined or even jailed if they go against the policy so if you're looking for a wild time in panama city you might want to find another destination spring breakers because they're cleaning things up and to their credit at least for my knowledge the last four years or so i've not seen anything at least from a newsworthy standpoint like we saw several years back and people were dying and people were being arrested and lives were being ruined there in panama city and we want our kids especially our our southern kids all our kids who go there or other places in the southeast to have a great time it's the rite of passage if you're an 18 year old or a college student to go off and have a great time but not to die and not to have problems that you may have to live with your entire rest of your life so that a welcome sign there coming out of the state of florida there with spring breakers and that's a quick look at what's going on in the Southeast from a news standpoint here on today's Y'all Show. Hey, when we come back, we've got a couple of business headlines that we're going to share with you and important news there, including some fast food business items. In addition to letting you know a little bit more about this Corona scare that's going on, the coronavirus, we've got some something going on today, actually, in the South that you're going to, hey, I know a lot of you have taken a hit on your 401k. Well, McDonald's across the nation today, they're doing something extra special, and it won't cost you a dime. And we'll let you know what that is. Plus, KFC, Louisville's own, they are they're just smiling big over their latest rollout. And we'll tell you about it. If you haven't been to a Kentucky Fried Chicken here in the last two weeks, boy, oh boy, what a great, great job, Kentucky Fried Chicken, with your latest edition 
And that's all part of our Southern Business Report. And that's all coming up next. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Happy National Egg McMuffin Day. It's Monday, March 2nd. This is the Y'all Show, and I'm going to tell you more about this National Egg McMuffin Day and how you can roll into your local McDonald's on this day and get you something extra special, absolutely free. And hopefully you're catching this early enough on this National Egg McMuffin Day where this will be applicable to you. More on that coming up. But right now, we've got to look at business headlines as this is our Southern Business Report on this Monday Y'all Show. And of course, to take you to a more serious place away from Egg McMuffins, we've got to go to Wall Street. And the market, of course, last week took a huge, huge nosedive. It was a rough week, primarily caused by the coronavirus outbreak. And hopefully this week we're going to see a little bit more of a change and investors a little bit more sound with their strategy there. And we see dividends and and, and people putting money into Wall Street and people are really kind of nervous this week as Wall Street pros are watching before jumping back in. And it appears 
Now, President Trump announced last week that he's got this coronavirus task force that's going to be led by Vice President Mike Pence. But President Trump, true to the way he normally operates, yes, he claims what happened with Wall Street on the coronavirus. But he's also pretty quick to throw out there that he thinks that weak field of Democratic candidates are also weighing into what happened with Wall Street and the turn there on the New York Stock Exchange. And that's why the collapse had the toll from the last couple of days, a 12 percent collapse in seven trading days. And that doesn't happen all that often in New York and the stock exchange as the stock market has rushed with historic speed to an extreme place. And what this really means is the tape is becoming stressed and stretched in a way that tends to precede the kind of reflex that it's sudden, powerful and probably untrustworthy that the writing from CNBC's Michael Santoli. And to kind of give you a little bit more information on what's going on there, on the highest weekly volume in nearly a decade, the selling became indiscriminate and generated oversold readings for the record books. And here are some bullet points. Last week, fewer than 20 stocks in the S&P 500, they're still above their 50-day average price. Also, the broad Dow Jones Composite Index went from a 52-week high to a 52-week low in just 10 trading days. That's the fastest on record dating back to the, the Great Depression days of the 1930s. That according to strategist Jonathan Krinsky of Baycrest Partners. Also, the McClellan Oscillator gauge of declining versus advancing volume had two of its 20 most negative daily tallies of the past two decades last week. As the majority of those extremes were seen near in time to some kind of significant trading low, and that would be back in 2018, early 2016, and 2011, except the ones that flashed in the midst of a long-running bear market, and that was in 2001, and then the bear market of 2008, 2009. What all this means, this means the coronavirus spread panic. It opened a trap door under the market, and almost everything fell through. And if you are into this kind of talk here, as we talk about the Dow Jones and what's going on in Wall Street, in the Southeast, just like the rest of the country, rest of the world, we're certainly paranoid. We're a little bit scared of this coronavirus outbreak. But regardless whether people live, die, or what happens, and we hope hardly anybody dies, let's be honest, but regardless of how many people are affected this way directly, indirectly, you've got people on wall street and around the rest of the world freaking out and understandably so uh, let's remember there's cities in china who have been they've been closed down for a while china is the catalyst for making product throughout the entire world sadly we wish it were here in this country but so many people picked up their operations and moved to places like china because of the cheap labor and now that china has shut down in most of its cities because of the coronavirus outbreak you're seeing the backlash of that you're seeing what if you want to go down to your local walmart you might want to go ahead and stock up on things that you like that are made in china because that supply chain is going to be interrupted if it hasn't been interrupted already i was just in there over the weekend i had to buy some towels and i had to buy towels that were all the same color and i don't know if the coronavirus had anything to do with it but i couldn't find matching towels that were all the same color and that color would be black you'd think there might be more supply there but that's just one product i think walmart this is me weighing in my best cnbc analysis here i think walmart's going to take a real hit 
this is not going to be a good thing for Walmart. Because in my opinion, Walmart wouldn't exist if not for China. China has dominated the products that are available in Walmart. Take away the food items. I'm talking about the rest of the store outside of the produce and the other products that are, I mean, to my knowledge, very few food products are made in China and imported. But everything else in the store, whether it be toys, televisions, clothing, all the other products, just in Walmart, you could make the same case for just about every other category. It It's, it's not going to be a pretty thing in the next couple of months as China's been knocked off the track here with this coronavirus, and it's going to affect the whole world. And that's not anybody's fault in this country. We can blame the president. I don't think that's fair. We can blame... We can blame Wall Street for being so paranoid, but I don't blame them. I mean, this all has to tie into business right now. Again, taking away the health component totally out of the equation here from a business standpoint. And we want that health component solved as quick as possible. But this coronavirus could be lasting for a long, long time, maybe forever. We may never solve it. We just need to contain it. But it's going to have a lasting impact, at least in China, on production of products and that is a scary thing more to come stay abreast here at y'all we'll do our our part to make sure you stay what on top of what all is going on with the coronavirus outbreak still as far as i know we haven't had any reported coronavirus people that have that here in the southeast so far i know a woman in washington state passed away over the weekend she was very very sick with it and we've got then this number changes every hour it seems Somewhere around 100 cases, give or take, currently in the nation. And we hope that those cases keep on coming down in their number. And we get back to business and forget about this thing. Make it the SARS epidemic and and go away as quickly as possible and be in the rear view mirror. Well, recently, as we all know, Kobe Bryant and his young daughter were killed in that helicopter crash back in January. And this tragedy, of course, they had the funeral, I think it was Monday of last week there at Target, uh, the, rather Staples Center, excuse me, <laughs> at Staples Center, not Target. Target is, is that's Target Field in Minneapolis, home of the twins. But they had the memorial service. You may have seen, whether it was on social media, maybe at the memorial service at the, at the Staples Center in downtown LA last week, and the memorial service for Kobe Bryant and Gianna, his daughter, and the other people who died in that January 26 helicopter crash there in the L.A. suburbs, there was a casket there, uh, a sort of a, a custom-made casket that honored Kobe Bryant and, and his daughter, okay? Well, of course, if you know anything about what happened with his body and his daughter's body, they were buried several days before the memorial service held on February 24th there in L.A., and to kind of maybe help bring closure to kind of help make it seem like a a real memorial service i don't know if this was actually part of the actual memorial service or this was just there on site but it has a connection to the south as a casket maker fletcher collins out of elizabethtown north carolina they made a customized kobe bryant tribute casket and then got the casket in a van and drove it all the way across the country a 2260 mile trip to this public memorial service and again i didn't see the whole thing so i assume it may have been part of it but yes it was unveiled to the public and this masterpiece called staple center that's what this memorial casket again no bodies in there but it's done to honor kobe bryant a longtime la laker 
and his team plays at the Staples Center there in Los Angeles. And this honorary casket, this customized casket maker, made this and sent this all the way across the country as they've been doing customized designer caskets for a decade and a beautiful, beautiful thing. If a casket can look pretty. Now, this casket was painted largely in L.A. Laker purple and gold and also overlaying with a mock-up of the Staples Center hardwood court. Also had a miniature basketball goal on each end and 24-second clocks. One side trimmed with what was intended to be the Los Angeles skyline. At center court of this casket, and this is on top of the casket, are five gold miniature NBA championship trophies representing the number of titles Kobe Bryant won with the Lakers. Also, the words R.I.P. Gigi can be found on one side of the memorial in tribute to his teenage daughter, Gianna. And that, again, all made this casket in North Carolina. And it was said to have cost $13,000. And they built it there in North Carolina over three and a half days. And donations helped to defray the cost of this thing. But I assume it's going to be kept out in Los Angeles. Again, Kobe Bryant's body already in the ground and his daughter in the ground. And a nice connection to the South. A, a customized casket maker. Fletcher Collins, Elizabethtown, North Carolina, doing this. And, hey, if you'd like your own customized casket, keep that name for future reference. You can have your heavenly home there set up in your own customized casket. Now to a little bit more fun stuff to talk about on today's Y'all Show. How about Kentucky Fried Chicken? Have you been in there in the last couple of days as they have unleashed across the country Kentucky Fried Chicken and Donuts? And you can go in and get, yes, just like I said, chicken and donuts. And you can get those donuts hot along with that crispy and salty KFC fried chicken and a great job there. The meal range for these chicken, depending on where you are, from $5.49 to $7.99. And if you're feeling a donut on the side, then you can also get a donut at any order for a small charge a small extra charge for just the donut look out crispy cream donuts and these donuts rolled across a country here in the last couple days and i know that i've seen pretty long lines at my local kentucky fried chicken and a great why didn't we think of this earlier kentucky fried chicken the donuts it looks absolutely delicious hopefully the donut there is as good as that kentucky fried chicken is but yes they're kind of making their own chicken twist following popeye's tremendous success in 2019 rolling out their popeye's fried chicken sandwiches of course kentucky fried chicken great chicken but not necessarily home of are not well known for their chicken sandwiches although they have them there of course most people are chasing what's going on with chick-fil-a and their tremendous chicken history chicken sandwich history to be exact so i'll have to put a word into the people in louisville home of kentucky fried chicken and see if they can't spare us all all y'all a couple extra kentucky fried chicken and donuts yummy well if you can't wait for that hey let me tell you right now what an offer coming from mcdonald's today monday march 2nd might go down as one of the greatest days in american history today is national egg mcmuffin day and today restaurants across the nation of mcdonald's are offering a free egg mcmuffin breakfast sandwich yes only today and today only (laughs) as it's it's now been declared national egg mcmuffin day and they're honoring this as mcdonald's breakfast for nearly 50 years has been served up and now they're celebrating here 
with this National Egg McMuffin Day. Now, to participate, customers need to download the McDonald's mobile app and then redeem the offer. Get this. Make sure you're hearing this show earlier than you might want to. Only on this day, March 2nd, between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And I don't know if that's Central, Eastern, Pacific, what time it could be just in your local time zone. Only between 6 and 10.30 in the morning, the traditional breakfast served time. Although I know McDonald's has expanded that time period for other items. Can you go in, thanks to your mobile app, and get a free Egg McMuffin? And also, just in case you want to know, this March 2nd date of rolling out National Egg McMuffin Day, it just happens also to be the day Wendy's is rolling out new breakfast items nationwide. <laughs> so is this a a, a a purposed rollout for McDonald's to do this, to get people away from Wendy's? I, I mean, you got McDonald's with breakfast. Burger King's got breakfast. Hardee's, of course, has breakfast. A great chain restaurant that's in some southern states i love their breakfast jacks out of birmingham and you also have bojangles i don't know if popeyes has breakfast i don't think they do but i'm sure that's coming getting into the breakfast wars wendy's today you can go get breakfast there and then of course today we celebrate national egg mcmuffin day as yankee based illinois based i think it's illinois based the chicago area's mcdonald's rolling out national egg mcmuffin everybody go out and get you a good start to the day thanks to mickey d's well that wraps up our southern business report here as we get a new week and a new month of y'all going when we come back in hour two hang on we got a quick look back at the weekend and sports a big upset on the hard court this past weekend and also the kentucky wildcats pick up their sec regular season title We'll have info on that, plus the XFL report. And a college football team is going to have XFL rules when they have their spring game in a couple of days. We'll let you know who that is, plus a quick golf report. We had a winner from Florida. And also an hour or two, the Taco Bola storyteller, Jerry Short, stopping by with all. In fact, he'll be here with us. He'll be here to talk about the coronavirus and, believe it or not, something about trains. It's going to be a great conversation. Jerry Short's coming up all in hour two of the Y'all Show. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. We're back for another hour of the Y'all Show. Jerry Short's coming up with us in the next segment. We're going to have a great talk about all kinds of fun things, including trains and Coca-Cola. And if we're lucky, we'll actually have Jerry talk about something not so fun, the coronavirus. But he has a, a personal experience going on right now with this as his wife is currently traveling between South Korea, which has the second most cases of coronavirus. And she's traveling to the Philippines. And we'll find out what he knows about all that. All that coming up with Jerry Short, our Takapola storyteller, in the next segment. 803-816-1170 is the way you can connect to us via text or with a phone call. We welcome that 24-7. Operators standing by here on the show that's all about the South. This is y'all. All right, looking back at the weekend in sports, go Big Blue. The Kentucky Wildcats were able to beat the Auburn Tigers in a top 15 matchup at Rupp Arena over the weekend. And by doing so... Coach Cal's Wildcats pick up 
the SEC regular season title. Kentucky ranked number eight in the land. And yes, they got another SEC title, although it had been a while since Kentucky last got a regular season title, but they picked up the victory over Auburn 73 to 66 on Saturday. More than 20,000 people on hand there to give the big blue a big cheer as they got the big victory. And then they can head on down to Nashville in a few days as the number one seed in the SEC when that basketball tournament takes place there. But Kentucky, a great performance there and back atop the SEC regular season with a title there to put up in the rafters of Rupp Arena. Now, also want to give a shout-out to the Clemson Tigers. They had a big home game against Florida State over the weekend. FSU in the top 10 of the ACC. And Brown Brownell's Clemson Tigers pulled off the upset with a dramatic shot there at the buzzer to win there at Little John and Clemson with a little bit of March mania. Now, although that game was technically at the end of February, technically on Leap Day, if you want to know the truth. But we'll go ahead and call it March. Yes, March Madness a little early come early in Little John Coliseum Clemson with a huge win over Florida State on the basketball court this weekend. Keeping you up with other college news now to the football side of things. Darrell Middleton of the Tennessee Vols, a defensive lineman there for UT, has been arrested as he was arrested Saturday morning and faces charges of domestic assault and public intoxication stemming from an incident that involved his girlfriend. According to a police report, Middleton's girlfriend was trying to break up a physical altercation between Middleton and a male friend of hers near the campus when Middleton allegedly pushed her to the ground. The report said that Middleton helped his girlfriend up, hugged her, and apologized to her, but later shoved her again. Police said Middleton was unsteady on his feet and slurred speech and an odor of alcohol, and they took him into custody just before 3 a.m. on Saturday. You know, if it's 3 a.m. in Knoxville, nothing's good going to come out of that. He is a 6'7", 311-pound player. He started 300, uh, rather, he started six of the 13 games for UT in the 2019 season, and that was his first season with UT after transferring from East Mississippi Community College. Again, defensive lineman for the Tennessee Vols, Darrell Middleton, arrested and now faces charges with an incident involving his girlfriend. Well, most of these college teams are right now in spring football mode. Some of them are about to actually have their spring game. In fact, this Saturday, not at Johnson Haygood Stadium, but on the parade deck at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, my beloved alma mater. Hey, they're in the news, and this is not me bringing this up. I had multiple people call me and say, hey, did you hear about what's going on with the Citadel Bulldog football team? And not much exciting happens there in March. But I'll tell you something that's getting them some attraction and some attention as Coach Brent Thompson's ball club, which last year finished 6-6, six and six, but one of those wins was against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, by the way. Well, the Citadel's going to shake things up in addition to having their spring game right there in the heart of campus on the drill field there in the middle of campus, the parade grounds, instead of the football stadium because they're putting in new turf there at Johnson Hagen Stadium, the general, in case you're wondering. The Citadel's going to do something kind of cool. They're going to have their spring game, but they're going to use XFL rules. And that includes a kickoff rule in which the kicks from the 35-yard line and the coverage team lines up on the return side's 35-yard line. That's kind of a neat. They can actually have a double forward pass in this game. The Citadel with their triple option, uh, they don't pass much at all anyway, so I don't think this is going to be too big of a factor there. But also, if overtime comes, it's going to be a shootout-style overtime as opposed to the 25-yard line deal that college football has. But yes, the Southern Conference's Citadel Bulldogs out of the FCS ranks, 
they're going to have xfl rules for their spring game here march 7th and in charleston south carolina ought to be a lot of fun there to check it out i wish i could make it there i saw them play a couple of guys couple of games this past season and always try to make three to four games a year for those dogs and maybe they need to keep these xfl rules going forward speaking of the xfl this past weekend we have a recap of some of the wins that happened on the gridiron you had on sunday the houston what the houston renegades won over their dallas rival the renegades out of dallas houston is still perfect 27 to 20 they get the victory over coach stoops's and his renegades there in dallas on saturday you had the los angeles wildcats and the new york guardians get together and new york defeated la 17 14 and then the nightcap on saturday you had the seattle dragons going down in defeat to the homestanding st louis Battlehawks. st louis wins 23 16 and that was your week four wrap-up of xfl football here and in golf they were back down in florida and we were excited about that because if golf's in florida that means they're only about a month away from the masters in augusta georgia and at the honda classic played in palm beach gardens over the weekend south korean sung jm walks away a victor with a six under and wins $1.26 million as a result of his win. The highest American was Florida State alum Daniel Berger. He finished in a tie for fourth, and a Florida native is Daniel Berger. And that's a quick look at the Honda Classic as golf now moves along in the schedule, staying in Florida. The next tournament now moves over to Orlando, where it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by MasterCard at Bay Hill, and that's this coming weekend. And that is a quick look back at the weekend in sports here on the y'all show when we come back jerry short standing by the takapola storyteller is going to talk about coronavirus and a whole lot more it's going to be a lot of fun hearing from old jerry and it's coming up next asthma symptoms can attack anywhere like on a city street (laughs) now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved primatine mist the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. 
Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. This is the Y'all Show. Hello, welcome to the All Southern Program Monday edition. John Rawl here on the website that covers all things Southern, y'all.com. And we've got a very special guest that's joining us right here on the program. It's our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. Hello, Jerry. John, it's good to see you right here at the store. It's very good to see you. Of course, there's a reason Jerry's with us today. He's a bachelor for a couple of days. Trying that out and seeing how it, you know, been there before, but uh, uh, this time may be pretty tough. Well, we'll find out more about that. Of course, this is y'all, and Jerry comes by each week to have his Takapola story time with us. And when we're with Jerry, we have no idea what's coming up next. But, Jerry, you're with us because your wife has departed our country for what we think is only going to be about two weeks. It could be longer than that. She's gone to the Philippines. Unfortunately, her brother passed away. And even in a time where coronavirus is going on, you right. still have family duties and family responsibilities. So we wish her the best. But, man, I saw the photo she took on her trip to the Philippines where she has to go through Seoul, South Korea, and it's and pretty empty. Manila, and then on down to Elu City. Mm. So it's Hopski. Uh, what is it? Like ninety provinces in uh, yeah. in the Philippines. So you just get all over and when you're there. And that's what's worrying me that she may not. Uh, she may be retained yeah. before she comes back with the situation. If it if they don't get it under control. In the next couple of weeks, she will be. She wasn't planning on coming back till the 16th. But the photos you sent me, even on her plane flying oh. overseas, she was like the only person on the plane. Only person on the plane and the only person in the doggone uh, boarding area and had all the empty seats were in there. It looked like uh, they had evacuated a theater or something for uh, uh, something serious had come up. But uh, she uh, sent me those pictures and said, hey, mighty easy going right now i can just about sit where i want to sit and do what i want to do and you know what kind of worried me a little bit when she was boarding at one place one of the agents had told her um ticket agent had told her you're going on into asia i don't think and this was an asian i believe it's really it told her she said i don't think i'd go and but she said well my brother has died and uh, and they were really close uh, my wife had sent him to college and he had a master's in education, and she had sent six of her siblings to college, and they were really close. And he had sent her a message just before he died that uh, she probably wouldn't be able to ever see him again. So she was going heck of high water, and it's high water time right now from what it looks like in these airports. Well, looking at the statistics that I came out over the weekend, there were very few cases in the Philippines, to her credit. But as you said, she had to connect through Korea, which 
unfortunately, they've got, I think, the second most amount of cases of coronavirus only behind China. They do. And, uh, and you, just, you know, they're right on top of China. has been trying to make a kind of a move into the Philippines with floating islands and everything else. Yeah. So you don't know what's going to happen over there when, once you get there. You know, you may be quarantined from now. Uh, she got worried if she was uh, boarding, I believe it was in Memphis, that uh, her plane on the return flight, and they didn't tell her what was wrong with it. And I don't know how you would know all the way two weeks down, but they said uh, might not be ready to come back. <laughs> so, I mean, it may have contamination of the virus. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Well, it's an unfortunate time right now in our country and our world with the coronavirus. Last week, President Trump was in the news a lot with his press conferences about the coronavirus. At one point during a rally in Charleston, South Carolina on Friday night, he didn't say the whole coronavirus was a hoax, but what he was talking about was the Democrat leadership essentially getting, uh, making this situation seem a little bit more severe than it than it currently is but that doesn't mean it doesn't become a pandemic and it really is a a real problem but we can go back to about seven years ago when the sars scare right. was going on and we were really concerned at that time and we thought that this would be a pandemic as well luckily that one got contained pretty early on and that ended up not being quite so bad yeah and i think uh if i'm not mistaken uh you know he's put vice president uh in charge of this pandemic if it does develop into that and i think uh mr biden who's running for uh president this time was put in charge of the one you just mentioned yeah he was put in charge but nothing was said then but now you know with pence there's a lot being said so we'll just have to see how how it turns out but uh you know luckily we're in america where we've got lots of things but we've been a little bit too dependent, I think, on China. A lot of our medications coming out of China. You know, my daughters and them have a compound pharmacy, and then they have an urgent care clinic, and and the, the medicine that they make there is okay. But they're under so much restrictions, they've just had to upgrade their facility to keep their license to compound pharmacies. And you know what comes out of China? Anything could come out of China. I tell you what kind of concerns me. I feel like I might be making a chemical agent. I know that's, you know, you get, I'm getting out in left field a little bit. Conspiracy theory. I say, yeah, it's a conspiracy theory, but I just can't trust that group over there to, uh, you know, uh, they, they may have something they want to deliver in a warhead that would uh, wipe everyone out. And, and uh, they come in and the buildings are intact and the automobiles are intact and, hey, they lose nothing, you know. Collateral damage is nothing but human beings. Yeah. And to them, that's not a lot. Well, there's a, there is a suspicion that China created this coronavirus. That's true. That's what I understand in a lab. Uh-huh. And, and so I have, I, we have to wonder how, how that possibly could be or if that's, again, just pure speculation. Just pure speculation could be. But, you know, they held back the doctor that wanted to go ahead and bring it out in the open. And uh, I think he died later, mm-hmm. the doctor that first came out. And they held him back almost a month, I believe, from coming public. So uh, you just never know when you're dealing with some of the people around the world. But uh, the Philippines are, you know, they're not what you expect. It's, uh, you know, I, I usually tell stories and talk. So uh, even with this seriousness, let me throw one little one in. It's, 
you know, you see how big I'm getting, you know. Yeah. I just keep getting bigger and bigger because that's Philippine food. But uh, when I was over and we got married uh, four years ago, uh, I had to have a tailored suit for the wedding. So we go to the tailor shop that my wife knew the people in. Uh, she had her own radio show over there at one time. That's the reason I do so good yes. talking to you. you know? We get a lot of compliments on <laughs> our Takapola storyteller. Because, because she had her own radio show for years before she got another degree in something else. But uh, anyway, she uh, uh, carried me to this tailor shop, and uh, they took their regular 36-inch tape out to measure around my shoulders and chest. Yeah, yeah. And when they went measure around it, they looked at each other, and their eyes got about this big, you know, and they said... And they kind of laughed and sniggered, and they called another person over, and the other person said, "We need another tape." <laughs> they, they took it took two tapes to make my wedding costume, so to speak. But uh, they got a good laugh out of it and treated me really good and made me a nice uh, suit and uh, very cheap. So it almost almost be worth a flight over. Yeah, you know, and they wait on you really good in a mall. I, Needed some socks and uh, had seven people waiting on me. And they were all dressed to a tee, and you could have ate off the floor. It was so clean. I you think you told me that. the shopping malls in the Philippines were Unbelievable, spotless. Unbelievable, spotless. And, uh, and my wife comes from Elu City, which is south of Manila. She's got another floor. She's a southerner. Yeah, she's a southerner. She's Dixie. We're going to call that Dixie. And. Uh, she uh, uh, has got a, another hour and 45-minute flight out of Manila down to Elu City. I mean, you, you, and uh, that's where she lives. But they've got malls down there. And outside, they're manicured. And, they, you know, of course, they got palm trees. Mm-hmm. And they got different type uh, greenery than we have. You know, right. their vegetation is a lot different. But uh, it really keeps it manicured. They keep it manicured. Inside is just as clean. Every salesperson dresses the same. You know, they almost look like when if you've ever been in LAX and sitting there watching the uh, Japanese uh, stewardesses get off of an airplane, they all look like they're twins and triplets, and, and they all look exactly the same, and that's the way they do in the mall. Okay. Yeah, so it's great. You know, Lessons we can learn here in this country. Sometimes we get a little slack. Of course, we don't do that here on the Y'all Show. Oh, no. In no, fact, we no. were talking about China and how dependent we are on, are on China. One thing China can't do is a show called The Y'all Show, and they can't have stories coming out of Takapola. That's right. It's hard to come out of Takapola now. As I look around this room that we're in now, and this is a, what is this, Casey Jones's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, what do they call it? Water the Valley's home. Well, that's right. He lived by my grandmother. Did and, he? Uh, I've actually, when a tornado hit Water Valley, I've got a Casey Jones door. that come off the house it tore down from him, a French door, out of the house he lived in in 1900 and uh, they had the railroad yards there for the Mississippi Central which later become Illinois Central mm-hmm. and Casey for the World's Fair in uh, Chicago in 1900 or 1899 whichever year that was he drove that uh, the biggest locomotive ever built back to Water Valley and uh, they, they had to have Water Valley Mississippi. Mississippi and that was this line here ended down there oh okay you know so we're on the same line i didn't the mississippi central come as far as grand junction tennessee i don't know if it came on up to uh i'm not up on my railroad history other than the charleston and memphis railroad which was built before the civil war absolutely and the only reason i know about that one is two of my 
cities that I have a connection to. But it was also the first westward expansion of a railroad in the south, at least, way back in the 1830s and 40s. Going west. Going west. Out of Chattanooga, mm. it went toward Decatur, Alabama, then it scooted up through Corinth, Mississippi, then it ended up going to Grand Junction, as you said, yeah. and then ended up ultimately in Memphis. Yeah, that's the same one. It came up from Grand Junction. Then it went south to New Orleans. And it not the Memphis and Charleston. That no, might have been not another. that one. I'm talking about the Mississippi Central. Yeah. Now they built another one from Memphis south yeah. that paralleled the Mississippi Central, which ran into it in Grenada, Mississippi. Ah. That's where they came together. And, you know, if you go back in history and Civil War, it's Van Buren Drain and all that stuff yeah. comes down from the train. And General Grant came on into Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, on the Mississippi Central Line. This is our Taco Polo storyteller, Jerry Short, and this is the kind of fun we have when we have him on each Monday's Y'all Show because you never know where a conversation is going to go. We went from the coronavirus in China to talking about yeah. trains and the well, Civil we'll War. Well, <laughs> try to put a little something. You know, I'm worried about my wife considerably, and I've asked people to pray for her, and, uh, but she determined to go and she went and what about our audience and, our uh, audience may want to pray for your audience tell, you tell, tell, her, tell them your, her name uh, her name is Sonia Provado Short and Provado she's uh, she's actually a quarter uh, Chinese her daddy was half Chinese and so uh, anyway pray for her and her family and as they go through this hardship of uh, her brother who was really close he died at 51 years old and he was a principal in a school there with a master's degree. And, and uh, they, uh, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about the, uh, about the way, the way they uh, handle a funeral over a long extended period of time. Um, she, when he died, he died about a week, about a week and a half ago. And uh, they have to go ahead and, and they embalm them a little bit probably more than we do here because they keep the body longer. So what they do, they uh, they keep him at the funeral home, and then they took him to the school, the high school where he was, and he, he was in state, so to speak, there. And then from there, they take him home. But the whole school system, they build a big canopy over the front of the house, and they build a cooking area in the back of the house. And people come by for, for probably about three weeks just to look at that, which it's, uh, and to see the body. Now, they put a, a crystal over the coffin, John, and as they put that crystal over that coffin, it seals it in. And uh, he'll, so he can stay, you know, preserved, and people go by and look, and people eat, and they sit in the front and eat, and it's just this continuation of uh, friends and family. And it'll probably be 500 people that'll go by and look or more because the school at 300 uh, in my wife's graduating class, hmm. which uh, she finished third. I think that if she finished third in 300, I think I finished uh, 67th in a class of 68. Woo, congratulations. Not in the year 68. <laughs> 68 personnel. But anyway, well, you you mentioned to me, and you may have just mentioned it when you were talking about how in the Philippines they do honor the dead different than they do in this country. Yeah. And you talked about the coffin is like a glass. What thing. it is, it's a regular coffin, 
But then over the body, the top of the coffin is lifted up, just you know, like you would view at any funeral. But uh, between the between the body and the top of the coffin is a crystal that they seal it off with, and they seal that off so the body's preserved and it's you know it's in there. And they do take a lot more embalming fluid, I think, when they when they when they prepare the body for burial. So you go by and any time, night or day, you can go by and you can look at your loved one or your friend who is there, you know, view. It's not like, hey, you come in here from uh, 10 in the morning to 11 and then we go bury you. It's not like that. Now, sometimes, you know, to me, that seems like a little bit too much mourning. Um, I, you know, the close people to me that I've lost at my age, I've lost, you know, a few I was from a small family, which I hadn't lost that many, but I wouldn't want to wait that long with uh, a morning and all that stuff, because it would just kind of just really tear you up, I think, but they love each other and they're so close-knit. The families are as close-knit as anything I've ever seen. But it's going to be a several-week process before the, any, not just her brother, but Typically, Typically in the Philippines, it's a three to four week. Three to four week, and with this grieving process before a body's one, buried. Uh, right, and with this one, it's going to be even uh, even longer. It's going to be five or six weeks, and by the time it's done, and I buried him until the 14th, hmm. and he's been dead for three weeks. This is the Y'all Show again. Where else are you going to get this combination of talking about coronavirus to trains and Casey Jones? to funerals in the Philippines, all because of our Takapola storyteller. We're not done with Jerry Short. We've got more with Jerry that's coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. More incredible information from the storyteller from Takapola Way is coming right up. Deep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. (laughs) And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at babbel.com. 
Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. We're back on the Y'all Show. I'm John Rawl. Glad to have you back aboard our all-Southern program. And we've got Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, joining me right here on the all-Southern program. There you go, John. And Jerry, kind enough, while his while the wife's away, Jerry will play. Oh, man, I'm not going to play much, though, because uh, I'm going, uh, I, I, you know, I had a friend call me, and he'd been on my place, uh, on my farm, and uh, he told me somebody had stole stolen a uh, four-wheeler and he'd been working in Wisconsin and I let him hunt my place and he'd been up by the barn and so when I get home I got to find out what's going on and maybe some other things missing so there's always something going on somewhere you know there's no excuse for those who have sticky fingers and a four-wheeler is not something you just accidentally steal I mean it takes some effort it takes some effort and all the gates were locked and uh it's fenced in, and it was at the barn, and so it. Uh, I didn't even know you had a four wheeler. Yeah, I, I had two up there, as a matter of fact. I mean, those and are one, fun. One was locked up in the uh, in a horse stall, and so I got rid of all my horses when I quit. I used to have ten horses, and gave uh, gave four of them to some people just south of where we are right now. Really? They came down and picked them up. I was cutting timber in their area, around a place called Hornsby. And they came down and lassoed them, and they kicked the fences down. Didn't want to leave, but they came to uh, to Henderson County, uh, Tennessee. And you surrendered your horses. I surrendered my horses, which I was really glad to. <laughs> they were more trouble than they were worse. But, but we're uh, glad you didn't surrender that beautiful cowboy hat. Well, you know, uh, I got such I got skin cancer. I always wore a cowboy hat, but. I got skin cancer and I was told to cover up a little bit. So uh, when I started pipeline and when I retired, and that was so much fun on the border out at Laredo and chasing these uh, people that were trying to cross the border illegally. And yeah, undocumented. Undocumented history. But uh, <laughs> it, it, I started AKA wearing illegally immigrants. And I wasn't married at the time, and it always kind of helped with uh, some reason uh, girls when you're doing the Texas two-step. Yeah. If you're Billy Bob's, yeah. you know, if you're Fort Worth, if you're the Stockyards, right. you need to uh, wear a cowboy hat because it's kind of like a roller skating without a helmet doing a Texas two-step. So, uh, as you know from a concert you've seen me at, I'm sure, that about all I know is Elvis. So, I, I could do a little Elvis dancing, but I finally had to learn a Texas two-step to get by when I was working in Texas. But... Uh, you know, Takapola would be a good place. Now, we square danced. Are you even allowed to dance in Takapola? Square dance. That's kind of a Baptist, square dance. Baptist town. Well, it's a Bible Belt. Now, we're gonna, you know, it's no doubt. But uh, 
as long as you're not drinking anything besides moonshine or <laughs> besides like moonshine that. yeah you can or a homebrew or something like that you know you can go ahead but you know i've had a uh, i've had a lot of fun and gone a lot of places done a lot of things and like you say i think it's time that i set some roots down and and um so i'm gonna really just relax these uh two weeks and I should jump on a plane and go over there myself, but uh, I don't want to get stuck over there. She has a really fine home that she built when she was working in the and Again, if you're just tuning in, Jerry's wife has gone to the Philippines right. for a couple of weeks. Her brother passed away, and that's a sad story in itself, but the fact that she's traveling the height of this corona outbreak makes it a very coronavirus outbreak makes it a very scary situ- situation. That's true. Now, she's got a sister and brother-in-law. They live in Salt Lake City, and they're not supposed to go until next week. Ah. So that's still, you know, on kind of hold to see how. We don't know what's going to be happening by then, you know, with this virus going around. But uh, I, they're, they're planning on going. They've already, you know, taken off work, and, and they're going to retire in the Philippines. He's, he's from Utah originally, but uh, he likes it over there so much. Now, it's just a little bit too hot and humid for me a lot like South Louisiana. You know, I love South Louisiana, but it's so hot and humid, I just, uh, I need to be in Wisconsin with about eight inches of snow, <laughs> I think, right now. You, you can go all have all the fun in Wisconsin <laughs> you want, and if you go to the Philippines or Wisconsin, and I'm too cheap to call you on the telephone, Jerry Short, our <laughs> Takapola storyteller, something came across my desk the other day that jarred a little reminder for me to bring up to you on the y'all show when we were next together i heard cw mccoy's great 1970 song convoy which of course captured the whole trucker the phase of truckers and and cb radios and that's really hard for those who are under age 40 to have any clue how big of a deal cb's citizen band radio how big of a deal that was for a couple of decades so my question to you, for, do you still remember your handle? Oh, Rebel. Always Rebel in there. Rebel? Never. Always Rebel. Okay. Every dog, every horse I had, everything's been named Rebel. Okay, so Rebel was your handle. Yeah. Did you use CBs a lot? Uh, I tell you, I did. And then that was also my code name in the Special Forces was Rebel. Huh? So I'd use Rebel on radio. The U.S. Special Forces, even though your name was Rebel. Real right. It was Okay. It. And usually I hung a one of those kind of flags around in the bags. If, uh, you know, we're talking a few years ago, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to think about uh, CBs and stuff like that, just think about if you ever saw the movie Smokey and the Bandits. Mm-hmm. They wear the CB out on that. Which CBs probably were already kind of a, a pretty big deal by the time Burt Reynolds' movie came out, but when that movie came out, everybody had to have a CB. Oh, everybody. I mean, it was to. standard to have your car come from the factory with a CB radio in it. And, and, you know, people would get, just get on there for almost nothing. And you know, I had I had I had a band, a citizen band, in my in my international in the company I worked for, pickup, and we'd skip and get Georgetown, South Carolina, from Natchez, Mississippi, and all this stuff. It, They'd break in on us all the time, you know. It was, it got to be almost too many and too much, but it was a lot of fun and and people, you know, carried it to the. Some people carried it to the extreme, but uh, I never did. I just kind of played. Well, it was the original chat room, if you will, and that's why, again, if you're under the age of forty, 
you may not even know exactly how these things work. Essentially, you went to a certain channel, yeah. and whatever you said on that channel, anybody could hear. That's right. In fact, that was part of the charm of getting right. on a, a channel was to share information, all with your handle, of course. That's right. And it, it, there was no privacy. Well, you didn't have GPSs and stuff like that. No. So you could always give a location. You know, that's what it seemed like I did that more than anything. Hey, I'm I'm down here. I'm not. I'm on the double nickel now, which is Interstate 55. You know, you had little codes like that. Mm-hmm. You know, here I'm running up to double nickel. And uh, hey, hey, I'm so many. Uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, seven seventy two from uh, such and such town or whatever. You know, and you'd have a might have a, even a call for a different name for the town instead of Grenada. You might say Granada. You know, or something like that. But everybody knew who you was talking about. You always kind of tried to switch it up a little bit. And then some people tried to be funny, and then some people tried to be serious. But, you know, it was good for emergencies, too. I had a situation one time with uh, uh, someone that got hurt in a, in a bad car wreck, and uh, the guy ran and got in his, uh, in his uh, 18-wheeler and called the ambulance and uh, 911 immediately. Again, this was before it. cell phones. So it's absolutely before cell phones. The only choice you would have had was it was, was yeah, to drive car and drive a hundred miles, or, or drive to a telephone somewhere, mm-hmm. a payphone on the wall, like one I noticed over here a while ago. <laughs> you know uh, that if American pickers come in here, they'd have a field day. But I did see payphone, oh, yeah. and I I can remember you know it was a nickel, and then it become a dime. It's kind of like a Coca Cola was a nickel. Then they put an honor box on the side for a penny when he went to six cents. They just screwed it on the side of the coke book. Yeah, let's talk about that because you've mentioned that to me before, and, and yeah. that's something that seems – you're talking about people stealing your four-wheelers from your farm yeah. there. Oh, really? How about this? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Came out with an honor box when that's they right. raised the price from – you said – From five cents to six cents for a six-and-a-half-ounce coke. And at that time, the machines were all – set up the coins only for nickels i've got one and so they didn't have the way to take two different types of they 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 couldn't change the whole situation and put other money in it you couldn't even made it a dime so what they did they took a a little old box red box put it on the side of the coke machine and screwed it in with a phillips screwdriver and a phillips head screw i remember being phillips head and screwed it on there pretty tight. And then when you would put your nickel in and it would go ahead and give you your coat, but you would reach for that pocket and find that penny and drop that penny over there in that honor, honor box. And you better do it. I mean, I can't imagine not putting a penny. I would have done without a coke as much as I loved it <laughs> if I couldn't have found, come up with a penny. But it's a lot changed today. It has, again, an honor box put out by Coca-Cola, I assume, all over the country. Oh, I'm sure, because uh, you know, at that time, my daddy had a, uh, a fish bait shop and a service station and a cafe, and, and he, had, he had them put in his place, and the Coke people came around. And, of course, back in those days, most towns had a bottling company. Mm-hmm. You know, I bet it was a bottling company. If a town had three or 4,000 people, they had a Coca-Cola bottling company. It really did. And, uh, but uh, it, came, it, went, it went nationwide, I'm sure. And... Uh, the first Coke uh, uh, ever bottle was out of Vicksburg, Mississippi. While I'm throwing out some 
valuable information. Just down the street from Takapola. That's right, on the river. And it was a pharmacy that did it out of their uh, Coca-Colas that uh, people come in and they'd go flat. And they were delivering them across the river over into Louisiana or to Monterey, and they'd be flat. So a guy decided to bottle them. And he started bottling them, and he put uh, a cap on them and hauled them over, over the river into Louisiana. And that was the first Coke ever bottled. It first any kind of drink like that ever bottled. And there was some kind of museum there in Vicksburg. I, I've burned. been to it. It burned. I think I've been it to it. It may have built it back. Okay. You probably have. But it did burn, and it had all kind of memorabilia in it. It was... I used to go in there a lot because I worked around Vicksburg a lot. And they had everything, and the people talked, and they'd give you a, a pretty good feeling of knowing how it was done and who did it and the yeah. guy's name. Well, I, uh, last time I was in Vicksburg as a tourist, at least, I passed through there several times, but the last time I was there was for a wedding in that area, and it was in 1996, maybe, sadly. It's been that long. But I had a funny story. Again, this is five years before 9-11 when I was down flying into Jackson, Mississippi and, and going over to Vicksburg. I went into some of the gift shops there in Vicksburg and I bought some kind of, I guess it could have been a replica of the Hunley and it was a wooden Hunley which was the first submarine from the Civil War and I bought it and it was something that you would take and make. It was like a model toy type deal but it was made out of wood and so I put it in my suitcase I went to the airport and when I went to go get on a plane man security and this is in 1996 freaked yeah. out that I was trying to put on a bomb on a plane from Jackson Mississippi to Nashville you were you were like the guy took the pictures in the submarine yeah put in and I, what is this it, I said it's a little toy submarine but it's made out of wood and I've got to go home and make it which I probably would never have done I never made one of those little plastic right. toy things right. but I thought they were so cool if they were made, I'm just not very good at that kind no. of stuff. You know, it, was, it was just funny that even in 96, people were freaking out over oh, yeah. travel. And, well, you know, it's about the time it really started you know, checking us out. But uh, uh, talking about a submarine, yeah, you, you've heard of Grand Gulf, which is just south of Vicksburg. Yeah. And that's uh, sort of ruins of Windsor's there and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a battle, for, battle there in the Civil War leading up to Vicksburg. And... Uh, if you go there, they've got a lot of stuff like antiques or this or that or cannons and things. But they actually have a submarine, a two-man submarine that had bicycle wheels in it. And it was ran by moonshiners that made whiskey. And they went underwater in that thing and across the Mississippi River into Louisiana back and forth. This is during the Prohibition time? That was during Prohibition time. So they built a submarine that they could do that in, and it had a, uh, a pipe on it. It was up pretty high. A periscope? High. Yeah. It wasn't really, it wouldn't move. The best uh -huh. I remember, it was just like a pipe welded on it. It went straight up about 10 feet or so. Yeah. And then they was in the inside this pedaling and hauling moonshine across the river during Prohibition days. Uh, we, that's, that's a whole other topic for us to talk about sometime, Prohibition, because it, it's hard for us to fathom in today's world where most of our alcohol laws have all been relaxed or totally thrown out the window, it was a major crime Big time. in the 1930s to be caught with. It was a major crime in the Bible Belt when in the 50s and 60s. Was it really? Because uh, the sheriff that we had in our county and the county next to ours and next to that one 
would uh, absolutely put a blackjack on the side of your head. And I know one guy told me that he was stopped one time and, and they, he, he thought he had a, a, a moonshine in there or white lightning. And they would hide it in behind their houses or something. People would know where to go buy it from people, you know. Yeah. So they, they saw, the sheriff saw him come out of there. So he told the guy when he pulled up, he stopped him and he said, stick your head out here, boy. And uh, he said, what, what's the matter? He said, stick your head out here, I can't hear you. And he stuck his head out there and he hit him with a blackjack hard as he could. And then he knocked him back in there and he said, what was that for? He said, that's for the bad drive you made when you come down that hill from getting that fifth of whiskey. Now give me that whiskey and move on, law's taken care of. <laughs> That was, that was in the 50s. So That's what they call mess us, hip had Justin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We took justice in our own hands real quick. Your father was a cop in the 50s. And you know, he and did that just for the fun of it. Yeah, but he probably beat up a lot of moonshining type people, right? You know, I might have substituted that story for him doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. Uh, you know, he was even a uh, marshal in Tacopola and when I was about four or five years old. And, some people were stealing chickens one night, and and uh, they come. They had to come to your house to get you. Whoever they losing their chickens, and my mama said, my daddy said, get in the pickup and sit in the, stand in the seat. It's time you went out and learned something. Here I am. I'm four years old. And my mama says, don't take, don't let, don't take it. But she he took me anyway. But they caught the guy stealing the chickens and stuff out of a chicken house, and they put them down on a creek bank. And they whipped them with river cane and then turned them loose and said, now get out of here, justice served. <laughs> so, you know, you could just about handle anything, <laughs> anyway. It's a, it's a lot more of a crime today to be caught stealing chickens and even those dogs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that even the chicken thief would be grateful that they got whooped yeah. as opposed to spending oh, yeah. 10 I, years in I, jail. I would, you know, because, I, I mean, stealing stealing. And back then it was... You just handled it then and moved on. So, anyway, it was a, uh, I could, you know, I could go on all day telling you those kind of stories. And uh, 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 let's see if I got that, 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 that's that's why we have you, Jerry, our uh, Takapolo storyteller. And luckily, you got more stories to tell. Unfortunately, we're out of time with you. Today. Well, unfortunately, some of them I probably can't tell on the airway. Oh, but, come on now. But we'll work on that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get you to yeah. tell tell them that and a whole lot more, Jerry Short. Again, our special guest on today's Y'all Show. Jerry, we appreciate you coming on and, and telling us about Takapola and all the fun that happens in that special spot. And best of luck to your wife, Sonia. Again, prayers are welcome you. for her as she travels. And all please, those who may please. have to travel here in this very scary time, we hope it's going to, the fears will be subsided as much as possible, as soon as possible. But certainly want to keep her in mind. And thank you for being on today's yeah, Y'all Show well, with us here. I, I think she's in a good place in the Philippines if she's made it there yet I hadn't heard yeah. but uh, if uh, what worries me is the in between in between yeah. there and here so a good husband please a good pray. husband we'll be back on on the Tuesday y'all show barbecue talk will be coming your way plus more on politics we've got super Tuesday and don't forget if you're in places like Tennessee Arkansas North Carolina also Alabama Virginia They'll go out and vote if you're a Democratic voter in the Democratic primary. We'll be on here on Tuesday to talk about it all, y'all. Again, thanks to Jerry. We'll see you. Thanks for tuning in to Y'all Show.
asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com.